the book of Nehemiah, and we're in chapter 2. We have been discussing uh, the apostolic prayer, uh, small a apostolic prayer, uh, when the Lord lays upon your heart something that he wants to do and how you walk in that and bring it and carry Jesus into your oikos or into your family around you, your sphere of influence. So we're in Nehemiah chapter 2, and let's go ahead and uh, pray. Father, we come before you this morning and thank you, Lord, just for the privilege of coming into your presence and being in a church family uh, where we're loved and we get the ability to love, Lord. Father, thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you do in our midst. Holy Spirit, we invite you just to speak to us each individually the sermon that you want us to hear, Lord. Your word says, Lord, that you reveal Jesus. So, Father, I pray that you would reveal Jesus to us this morning. Holy Spirit, speak Jesus to us. Individually, Lord. Practically, Lord. We don't want just knowledge, Father. We don't want just head knowledge, Lord. We, just don't, we don't want just uh, wisdom, Father. We want down deep, very practical wisdom for our lives from you, Holy Spirit. We want to see Jesus, how we can be more like him, uh, how, uh, how he relates to us, Lord. We want to know you more. Speak to us this morning, Lord. We thank you, Father, for it, and we pray in the powerful name of Jesus that overcomes all. Amen and amen. Nehemiah chapter 2. Four months have passed between Nehemiah 1 and Nehemiah 2. Remember, 71 years have passed since the Jews returned to Jerusalem. Nehemiah has been working there in uh, Susa. He's working with the king. He is a a cupbearer or a butler directly to the king. He interacts with the king. It is illegal, uh, punishable by death, to go before the king in a bad mood because you will influence the king and you're basically to be unseen and so you don't carry anything of any emotion into the king. You You do your job and you are invisible so that you're not influencing the king in any way. Okay? Nehemiah chapter 2. In the month of, uh, I want to say Nisan, it's probably Nisan or something like that. In the 20th year of King Arxerxes, when wine was before him, I took up the wine and gave it to the king. Now I had not been sad in his presence. And the king said to me, hey, why is your face sad seeing that you're not sick? This is nothing but sadness of the heart. Then I was very afraid. King's basically calling him out a bit, getting down to the deep. And he says in verse 3, I said to the king, let the king live forever. Why should not my face be sad when the city, the place of my father's grave, lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? Boy, he goes from being afraid to outright boldness. Then the king said to me, what are you requesting? So I prayed to the God of heaven. (laughs) Man, I'd be praying too. And I said to the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your eyes, then you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's graves, that I may rebuild it. And the king said to me, the queen sitting beside him, how long will you be gone and when will you return? That's a good sign. 
So it pleased the king to send me when I had given him a time. And I said to the king, if it pleases the king, let letters be given to me to the governors of the providence beyond the river, that he may let me pass through until I come to Judah. And to letters to Asaph, the the keeper of the king's forest, that he would give me timber to make beams for the gates of the fortress of the temple and for the walls of the city and for the house that I shall occupy. And the king granted me what I asked, for the good hand of my God was upon me. Now there's a lot there in those little verses. There's a lot that takes place. So let me just uh, begin to emphasize We're talking in the context of seeing the world around you and seeing the broken down walls and hearing which walls or what what you're supposed to grab a hold of and begin to pour your energy into why you are where you are at this time period in your life. So we all have a purpose. We're all sent. We're all uh, filled with the Holy Spirit. If we've given our lives to Jesus, we're all fit and asked. We're all filled with the Holy Spirit. We're right there. We're carrying Jesus into parts of the world that I, as your pastor, that the other pastors here can never go, that you are going and you're carrying Jesus. You're the light to the, your world where you are. Okay? So when you see walls broken down, you begin to get that heart feeling in in Nehemiah chapter 1. You begin to see it. It touches your heart. You realize, this is God moving upon my heart. Now what do you do? The first thing you're going to do is realize that all movement is initiated by the king. It was the king who saw where his heart was and asked, what's wrong? The king always initiates the movement forward. If the king does not initiate, then it's not his plan, his authority, his resources, his staying power, and his timing. When the king initiates, it is. You are being sent out to do his plan in his authority with his resources, and you'll have the staying power to do it because you're relying on him. And you're going when he says in his timing. So it is always important to let the king initiate the movement forward. You can tell that's happening when your heart begins to be stirred in a direction. And you begin to seek the Lord. Okay, Lord, I feel my heart tugged in this place. I can tell it's you because this doesn't come from me naturally. I feel a heart for X. And I don't necessarily like X, but Lord, I see my heart changing. All of a sudden, it's kind of crazy. I'm, I, I am drawn to this. Recently, I've had opportunities begin to open up to me to minister to groups of people that I have been praying for since I was 15 and never had opportunities. Just recently, like the last few weeks, people from this people group are coming to me and saying, would you minister to us? And the Lord is reminding me, do you remember when you were 15, 16, 17, and you cried out to me for this people group? And I said, yeah, I do remember that. And he said, well, you know, it's taken a while for me to get you ready and to get them ready, but mainly to get you ready so that you can bring me and not just you. Okay, Lord, I'm, I thank God that I'm finally there. Because I want to, I, I love them. I can, I feel your heart for them. Now, it's not always that long, like this right here. It's four months here. 
There's fast times and there's, there's long times. But regardless, I've had multiple times in my life, if you think back, you will too, when the Lord has laid something on your heart and you've realized, okay, this is the Lord moving on my heart. This is the Lord changing my direction. This is the Lord setting me on a path. And you begin to say, okay, Lord, I see your desire. What's the plan? What's the authority? What are the resources that you have for me? I want to stand when the enemy comes against me. And I want to walk in your timing. Now, you love this because uh, this king didn't know, but God already knew what he had put on Nehemiah's heart. So God always already knows what's on your heart because he's put it there. So the king asked Nehemiah, what's going on? You know, why is there sadness of heart? What's bothering you? What do you want? It's the same question that God asked Abram, or God asked uh, Adam in the garden. Hey, Adam, where are you? Where are you, Adam? He was trying to get Adam to realize what was on his heart. So when the king asks you these questions, he already knows what's there. He's getting you to begin to take a step of faith and begin to verbalize what he has told you. You've, it's got to grab a hold of you so that you begin to verbalize, Jesus, you said X, Y, and Z. I want to begin to walk in that. You've got to get to the point where the generational things that have been passed down into your family reach the point where you take that stand and you say, no more in my family. Not, no more in this generation forward. It's ending. I'm claiming that promise that you spoke over Jesus. I'm claiming that promise for my family. We're going to walk in it. We will not have to lie and manipulate to get forward in life. We will not have to uh, steal, connive, or deceive to get forward in life. We will not have to avoid and uh, run away from every conflict to, get, to have peace in our family. We will learn to walk in health. We will learn to deal with issues. We will be honest. We will not let shame, these are all different examples, but shame lead our family. We don't talk about, you know, that great uh, cartoon from Disney, we don't talk about Bruno, Bruno, you know. It's, it's the family thing we don't talk about. We don't talk about Bruno. Well, you need to. And Jesus begins to deal with you. You begin to see things like this for your family. You begin to see things like this for your community. You begin to see things like this for your church. You begin to see things, and Jesus says, that's a wall that I have assigned you to build if you are willing to do it. And so you get this heart, and you come before the king, and Jesus says, okay, hey, man, what's going on? What's on your heart? Well, I see this wall broken down, and I want it taken care of. You begin to take the authority, the responsibility, the ownership of rebuilding the wall. You know, if you're sent, that's the first step, you're sent. The second step is that you go. And that's across the board. You know, I went on the mission field. But I've also went many times. I can remember times when I've had discussions with my wife and she's pointed something out. 
And I'm like, I'm not going there. I don't like that. Ticks me off. You know, I don't know about you guys. I hate it when my wife is right and I know she's right. And she knows she's right. You know, and she's righteous in what she's saying. And it just like, mm, as a man, I just want mm. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I know she's right. So I got to find a way to get through this. And I make the decision, okay, it's humbling, but you know what? What she's saying is right, so I'm going to do that. I'm going to go there. I'm going to be sent, and I'm going to move and take action with it. So he asked him, what's on your heart? See, when you get God's heart, then the doors are going to open. You're knocking. The doors open, and then you have to respond. You have to move forward. With everything we do, there is an aspect of hearing the Lord. There is an aspect of interpreting what the Lord is saying. And there's an aspect of application of your interpretation. Hearing the Lord requires faith and obedience. Hearing the Lord requires faith and obedience. When the Lord is speaking to you about these walls, it requires faith and obedience. You have to have faith that the Lord can take care of the wall. That Jesus is bigger than the wall. I think a lot of what David was doing when his altar call this morning, that he was, the Holy Spirit was uh, leading him into, was about not seeing the wall as bigger than Jesus. But seeing Jesus bigger than the wall that's broken down. When the wall is bigger than Jesus, you're defeated. The problem is too big for God to handle. And you can't move forward. There's no practical movement forward. It's just, you're stuck. Jesus doesn't want you stuck, because Jesus is not stuck. And we're not victims to broken down walls. I hope you're getting, I, my analogy is, is enough, and I'm staying on the same analogy. I, sometimes I tend to skip. Enough that you're catching me this morning. Whatever that broken down wall is, Jesus is bigger than it. And to hear the Lord that he wants to take care of the wall, the first step is to believe that he is able to do it. You believe and then there is obedience. You begin to respond by faith in the steps that you can, moving in that direction that the wall will be built up. Bless you, Lord. So the king says to Nehemiah here in verse 4, What are you requesting? What do you want? I love that. God does that. I love the way he does that to us. Okay, so this is your heart. Well, what do you want? What do you want? And it really gets down to our level of faith. Because often what we, you know, you, you, out, of the, out of your faith you ask to the level. And so you're like, okay, God says, I want to, uh, man, coming up with an example. I want to restore your marriage so that it is absolutely wonderful and you two will just be in a 
absolute love again. And all of the past things will just be, uh, they'll be remembrance and they'll be honored in their pain, but they won't affect the today. This is the wall broken down. This is what you see the possibility of. And you're like, okay. So Jesus asks you, what do you want? And you say, well, uh, I just like not to be mad at her and her not mad at me. So you're not asking for a full restoration. You're asking for beginning level. You know, or maybe it is, uh, well, I just want to be in the same room with her or be able to be in the same room. You know, again, you're asking where you are at your level of faith. And Jesus isn't mad at that. He's just asking where you are right now so that he can begin to work. He can't answer prayer if you haven't prayed it. So getting you to move forward to where he begins to go, okay, what do you want? And you ask whatever level you ask at, then he can begin to move. Now, if you just shoot to the moon and ask for the big prayer, but your heart really isn't there, so you're verbalizing here, but your heart is here, where do you think he's going to answer you? I can remember when he first began to teach me about finances and about trusting him, because I lived on a missionary, I lived as a missionary, I lived by faith, and it was for that time period, it was great, and it was bad. But I remember the very first time and I was like, okay, Lord, I'm going to do this. I just finished reading uh, Mueller's book, you know, where he just believed and prayed in uh, supplies for orphans. And they would just pray, and the Lord would bring miraculously everything they needed for the orphans for that day. And they prayed in every single meal. I mean, they prayed it in, you know. And I was like, this is really cool. This would be fun. I'm going to do this, Lord. Okay, I'm, I pray for, uh, I'm a missionary. I made about $13,000 a year. That's about $1,000 a month. Okay, I scraped by, living over, and I was like, okay, Lord, I pray for $3,000 to buy a car, $2,000 for this. You know, I'd be, I was shooting high. But my heart really was here. But I was verbalizing. But my heart was here. So Jesus asked, where are you? And he saw where my heart was. That month, we had, at that time, we were still, had to call long distance. This is pre-internet. And I had to order a phone call to the States and get it approved by the Soviet government. It really, it wasn't the Soviet at that time, but you still had to get it approved. And I got the call in, and I'm talking to the lady in uh, Louisiana, and I said, okay, you know, I'm asking about my support. She goes, oh. And I said, oh, what is it? You know, because I'm speaking, you know, I, I had hyper faith for 5,000, real faith for, I don't know what you're going to do, God. And she said, I show you negative $10. You owe us. I was like, oh. And I just, it was, it was very funny, Abby. I just started laughing. I started laughing because I realized, okay, Jesus, you're not going to, you really want me to grow in this. You're meeting where I really am. And this is funny. You've decided to uh, take, take the good route and show me how to grow in this, not just dump on me, you know. And so uh, a week later, I didn't know how I was going to pay my bills. And I was just like, you know, Jesus, you said you know. I'm not going to ask anybody because you told me I couldn't verbalize this to anyone. This is between you and me. So I'm letting you know that I've got rent due. I've got all these things due. Uh, I need money to live on. And so I went to Moscow because that was the only place you could get money. There was an ATM in Moscow, and I could take my American Express card there and withdraw money out of my account that my, insur- my uh, 
thing would put in. Whenever I got money, they would deposit it in my bank account and I could pull it out. So I got there and I'm like, I need money, Lord. You remember, you know, because uh, I was full of faith. I felt like I needed to remind him constantly. And uh, when I got there, I ran into some Americans and they were like, Matt, you won't believe it. As we were getting on the plane, the secretary from the missions office brought a, a bunch of mail and gave it to me and asked me to give this to you. So I opened it up, and in there, it was all letters of support saying, we have, here's the check for $100 we sent you. Here's a check for $200 or, or whatever. And so I knew at that point that the mission office had already deposited the money. I won't get that report till the end of the month, the next month. So I just went to the bank and withdrew. All the money was there. Everything I needed for that moment in my life to pay every single bill was in my account. You know? The Lord, is, the Lord is faithful. And when he asks you where you are, just be honest with him. But understand, he, he knows where you are. Just verbalize it. Lord, I, I want my marriage good, but right now I have very little faith that it will actually ever heal this. I can remember, let me, I don't know why I'm on marriage today, but uh, I went to a movie with a good friend. And he had been through a difficult situation in his marriage. And it had created a, a massive stain on his relationship. That for years now, it was not healing. This is a number of years ago. And uh, we were getting ready to watch the movie. And he just began to cry. And he said, I've got to tell you what happened. And I said, okay, d- dude, you know, <laughs> it's Marvel movie. There's no reason need to cry, you know. And he's like, uh, well, I... I walked downstairs this morning and I looked down and I had a large tomato stain all over my pants. And I was like, I didn't even realize I had spilled tomato sauce on my pants. It was like uh, from eating spaghetti, just a humongous tomato stain. And I was like, dang, I, I got to get to work. You know, so he, I, he said, I went right back upstairs to change my pants. And when I walked into my bathroom, I looked down and the stain was completely gone. And I said, whoo. And the Lord said, in the same way, I will heal your marriage. I can tell you today, it's, it's healed. When I interact with them, they're fine. I mean, when things happen, they're still there a memory, but it gets under the blood of Jesus and it just becomes a past memory. And the Lord is able to heal it. What's that wall, guys? What has the Lord laid on your heart? Jesus is asking you this morning, what is it? What can I do for you? And so he boldly responds, what do you want? And he submits the plan to the Lord. You know, Proverbs 3, 5, 6, 5 and 6. Um, In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. Uh, Proverbs 19.21, many are the plans of a man's heart, but it's the Lord's plan that follows. But you present those plans to the Lord. And he says here in verse 4, if it pleases the king. I like that because it reminds us, it is a submission back to the Lord. Lord, if it pleases you, not my will, but your will be done. I am speaking this, Lord, as you have led me. And feel free to correct what I am misunderstanding uh, it, it's a humble, okay, Lord, this is what I, this is what I see, and, and uh, I just present it back to you what I'm seeing. 
I submit it back to you, Lord. I want to make sure my heart is your heart. What am I seeing, Lord? And he also says, if I have found favor in your eyes. Basically, that is saying, Lord, I can't and don't want to do it without your help. I can't do it without your help, Lord. And oftentimes, the, the, the vision the Lord gives you is greater than your ability. Not oftentimes. I would say it's probably 99.99999%. It's going to be greater than your ability to walk it out. So, Lord, I need your presence. I need your help. I need your grace, Lord. I can't do it on my own. I submit this back to you, and I declare, Lord, uh, let your grace be there. Help me today. Guys, I wish it was a, just a, like a ringing of the bell once or a, a ding, ding, ding. It's done. I don't have to ask for grace anymore. The victory is there and, and I don't have to worry about it. Don't have to think about it anymore. But oftentimes it is a daily humbling asking for Lord for this season. Because often our faith is here. What's practically going on. Our faith is here. The Lord has given us a vision here. No matter what, no matter what we say, we're not walking in that. We're actually walking here. And it's the process of learning to trust God in this area as your faith rises up to the point where you are walking in the fullness of what he has for you and the victory that he has for you. And then guess what he does? Whoop! Makes it higher. It says, come on up. Come on up. Come walk in the victory that I have for you. If it pleases the Lord, yes, it pleases the Lord. If I have found favor, absolutely you have found favor. You are my favorite daughter, my favorite son. I love you, I enjoy you. Let's have fun. In Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 5, whoo, And I said to the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your eyes, then send me out. I'm ready to go, Lord. I've seen the broken wall. I've submitted it to you. You've asked me the plan of where I'm seeing. I'm I'm honest where I am today. Send me out to walk out this level. Send me out to walk it out, Lord. Give me the assignment for today to walk out in your favor and your grace today. Let me pick up that one stone. I like uh, Randy's testimony about the big boulders up on the mountain and how they got rid of the boulders one by one. It's the same way, guys. The Lord gave him, uh, uh, Greg, a vision. Saw a wall that needs to be built. Here's an entire uh, group of people that need education. And I want to pour upon them uh, education and teach them about God and teach them about life and science and improve their lives. But it's going to take getting, I need a school built. So well, to build the school, it's going to slowly take time to get everything out of the way, all the things that stand in the way, walk it through day by day, till eventually carry one brick at a time until the school is built and it's flowing. And eventually it's going so well that he sets this aside, turns this over and moves to a new area to start something new, which he's done, did about three, four years ago. He's in a completely new area doing a new thing, but still has relationship and helps out. That's exactly what it is, guys. Often we want God just to go, okay, Matt, here's the vision, and then 
poof, rattle-daddle-daddle, uh, like a fairy godmother, twinkle, 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 and everything is solved. Next victory, twinkle, 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 everything is solved. Next victory, twinkle, twinkle, twinkle. God's not like that. God is, hey, would you like to go on a journey with me? Would you like to carry bricks up a mountain to build a wall? Woo! Today, let's walk it out today. On your marriage today, how about you guys just hold hands today and not say anything to each other? 30 minutes, hold hands, no comments. Whoo, I don't know if I could do that, you know. You get where I'm going. It's practical little steps that the Lord walks us through as we are walking in his favor and his plan and building as he calls us to build. Nehemiah walked in God's will because he aligned himself with God's heart. Nehemiah walked in God's will because he connected himself to God's heart. He saw what the Lord wanted to do, he submitted himself to it, and he walked in it. You know, the vision that you guys have gotten concerning the arrows, don't give up. You know, don't... Yes and amen. Keep hitting the ground. Keep moving forward. The Lord is reaching the prodigals. Connect to the heart of God. Jesus, what are you saying? I agree with you. I know it's not me that's doing it, Lord. It's you that's doing it. You're able to do it, and I declare that over my life today, Lord. I declare that over my family today with the authority that I have. I declare that over this community. Lord, build. Build as you desire, Lord. Every brick that you, see, you tell me to build up, I will take and build up, Lord. He aligned himself with God's heart. He didn't wait for necessarily to receive orders of what to do. He got the heart and he acted upon it. Don't be paralyzed by the lack of specifics. Do what's on your heart to do. Do what you know to do. Sometimes God's very specific and tells you steps. Sometimes it's just what's on your heart and you feel it and you know it's right. You need to act upon it. Because what God is trying to train you to do is to feel his heart and act upon his heart, not just be a robot that receives commands and responds. Let me say that again. God's desire and maturity is for you to feel his heart and act upon his heart not just be a child who receives commands and does them. He wants your heart to feel like Jesus feels, creating in you this clean heart so that you just begin to feel Jesus' love for those around you and begin to act upon it. Jesus, Luke 4, 18 and 19, just walked around setting people free. Matthew 28, 19 and 20, Jesus walked around uh, liberating, healing, and teaching people about being free and about walking with Jesus. Isaiah 54, Jesus goes around just expanding the tent, expanding influence, uh, breaking people out of uh, bondage and lack of... um, when their, their, their wombs are closed up so they're not able to walk in the prosperity Jesus has for them. He, he comes and expands that. John five nineteen, Jesus says, I do what the Father does. I see what the Father does and I do it. 
That's that next step. First is you're at a level where you're just hearing. I need to hear. I need, I need direction today. And then you get to the point where you're like, okay, Jesus, I am, I, I'm being led. I feel in this direction and I'm going to respond. I submit this to you, Lord. It's kind of warm in here. But I think you guys are hearing me. We see in Nehemiah chapter 2, I love this, that he submits his heart, submits his plan, he gets it there, and the king uh, says to him, how long are you going to be gone, and when are you going to return? And so he, he tells him. And so the king sends him. He submitted the plans. Lord, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to trust. I'm gonna... And that's a, talking about prayer. You know, communication with Jesus. And then he goes on and he just asks for resources. I love the boldness of Nehemiah. It's a boldness of Hebrews chapter 4. You know, where you come before the throne room. Come before the throne of grace. To receive mercy and to find grace to help you in your time of need. It's the boldness of uh, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ. And Philippians 4.19. Uh, he's able to meet all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. It's the boldness of 2 Corinthians 9.8. That uh, the grace he's given me is an abundant grace. It can meet every need. That's the boldness that's here. Of Okay, Lord. I, I need resources. And since I'm going to move forward in this, these are the resources I need. I don't know if you caught, there were three categories of resources that he asked for there from the king. He says to him in verse 8, I need timber, Lord, and I need timber for three things. One, for the beams of the gate of the fortress of the temple. I need spiritual resources. Things for worship. Uh, things for understanding. I need to, uh, I know my battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. I need to understand who I am in you and who's against me and how to overcome. He says, I also need timbers for the walls of the city. I need resources to help on the, and build up the wall around me of what you're telling me to, to, to go out so that it's not just internal, it's, it's external as well. I, I'm ministering to those around me. I need timbers And lastly, I need timber for my house that I shall occupy. Personal. I personally need my needs taken care of. I need to come into the fullness of what you have for me. I need to occupy the house in the position that you have for me to be able to do what you want me to do. I need to change. I need to change my residence, move from butler, who shows no expression and exists only to make sure there's enough wine, to national leader who is directing and bringing about change and breakthrough for an entire nation. That's a significant shift. The houses, he probably had a small uh, house in the palace, maybe a room. I don't know if he was married. Um, Small room where he lived there in the palace. And here he is, I need a thing to match my position of the authority you've given me so that I can walk it out fully. He didn't resist these things. No poverty mindset. No false humility. 
well, I don't deserve that because I'm a servant of the Lord. I should just stay in my hovel as I reach out and serve. Now, it's walking into what Jesus has for you. If you need a MacBook to do what he's asked you to do, Lord, give him a MacBook, you know? Come into. So he submits the hands to the Father, the plans, and the Lord says yes. And let me end with verse 9. Then I came to the governors of the province beyond the river and gave them the king's letters. So I went and acted upon what you were leading me, Lord. I acted upon it, Father. What I love about him, Nehemiah, what a great example is, is he goes out and he meets the people where they are and he serves them. As a leader, he doesn't dictate and say, you idiots, what is wrong with you? Why have you been living here without walls all this time? He doesn't do that. He just comes in and says, okay, let's build the walls. Let's build the walls. Let me help you. I've got the resources. Let's move forward. And he serves them. He meets them where they are and he serves them. The greatest in the kingdom is the servant of all. So Jesus has all of this great stuff around you that he is having fun with, okay? Meeting you where you are, loving on you, giving you eyes for yourself and for people around you. And he's like, hey, can I tell you a secret of things I want to do? And you're like, sure. And so he tells you something he wants to do. And now he's like, okay, shall we do it? Shall we move forward? Shall we begin to reach out and change this area? Can I bring my kingdom into this area? Will you build this wall with me? And you're like, oh, I don't know, Lord. Some of you are like, yes. Some of you are like, "Mm, what about X, Y, and Z? And he's like, you know what? I'm bigger than X, Y, and Z. And it's this process you go through because sometimes X, Y, and Z rears up and gets pretty loud. And you've got to remind yourself, okay, Jesus, they're pretty loud right now. These lions are roaring really loud, but you're bigger than they are. This is what Jesus has for you. So I encourage you, if you're not already, do you know what the broken down walls that Jesus has? That Jesus wants to lead you to, to build up? Do you know what those walls are? If you don't, he's, he's talking to you. Absolutely, he wants to share with you because it's the thing that he loves to do with you. It's part of your relationship with him, the fun that he wants to have with you. I don't get all the fun. You can join into that fun and hear from him what he has and build those walls because Jesus is big enough. Let me pray of you. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this victorious church, Father, for your beautiful bride that you paid to wash in your blood, Lord Jesus, and you have brought into full victory, Father, by the authority of all that you did on the cross through your death, burial, and your resurrection. You're ascended on high. You're seated at the right hand of the Father. Ephesians says we're seated there with you, Lord Jesus. So all that you see around us, you speak from that place of authority as if we're there with you and you speak down and you say, okay, see this area? I want to do it with you. And we say, yes, Lord. 
Yes, Lord, we hear you. We want to see these walls built up. But help us, Lord, in our unbelief. Meet us where we are, Lord, and inspire us to raise our view to where you are, Lord Jesus. Come and heal, come and build, come and restore. Come do all the things that you love to do, Lord Jesus. Come build your kingdom, Jesus. Come build your kingdom around us, Father. Come move the way you want to move around us, Lord Jesus. Let us see the broken down walls and let us care. Let us feel your heart for those broken down walls with faith that you can build them up, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for it. Build your kingdom, Jesus. In your precious, powerful name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great Sunday. See you next week.